Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. I'm coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is 5.20 p.m. on uh, Tuesday. It's not Monday. Tuesday, it's Tuesday, you're right. Tuesday, the 26th of the 1st, 2021. It's- One day, you're going to actually get through this introduction knowing the date and time. Well, I wouldn't bank on that. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. Not anytime soon, by the, by the way we're trending. Today in um, Australia, where we are, it's uh, Australia Day, the 26th of January. Um, in the basketball world, this exact date will now forever be a uh, sad date, JL. Um, it hadn't happened yet because our, our time on the 26th, it happened on the 27th, but the one year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing is on the 26th of January. And I think, I think in the East coast, it's like 1am now. So a few people have already started posting about it. So just a rest in peace and a, you know, sad thoughts of Kobe and everyone on that helicopter, including his daughter. Um, I'm sure there'll be many tributes on the Bronx cheer basketball page. So yeah, just, do you want to say a word for Kobe? <laughs> Thanks for beating us in 2010. <laughs> um, uh, we've we've done a full episode on him. Um, there was a tweet that came out today that um, I can't remember who tweeted, but they pretty much said, if you're wondering why there hasn't been um, any official tributes from the NBA teams, that the, the Bryant family's asked for none. So, oh, okay. Um, which is a bit... Bit unusual, but I suppose it would probably be a bit overwhelming for Vanessa and the family and everyone else that was, you know, that knew someone on the helicopter. So um I guess I'll uh I'll stay out of it. Because yeah. you know, being in being in the media, I'm sure this would get back to Vanessa. So <laughs> I better not. As I said, um um just before, I think at least online everywhere, there'll be many, many tributes everywhere. It still feels like, and 2020 in a way went so long, but it went so quick. Um, it's, it feels like that was sort of yesterday and it's just tomorrow or today. We have a full episode about, you know, dedicated to Kobe. And that was like our third episode ever, of course, because we only sort of started around this time last year. You can go hear us cry on, <laughs> on that episode and, I think it's called Bryant. So go check that one out. Anyway, uh, there's the Kobe sad stuff of the episode. On today's show, we're going to discuss the barely any news that's happened in the NBA over the past week. Um, Stuff like Curry and Kevin Porter Jr. throwing food. It's funny how I said Curry and then Kevin Porter Jr. throwing food. That works out well. It wouldn't be easy to throw a Curry. (laughs) No. But didn't J.R. Smith, I mean, we can get into this, but didn't J.R. Smith... <laughs> he threw a bowl of soup, didn't he? <laughs> he threw a bowl of soup. Like, <laughs> that's got to be the hardest thing to throw. Um, so we'll get into throwing all types of liquidy foods. And we're also going to talk about my favorite team, the Philadelphia 76ers and their MVP candidate. And we're going to talk about the hottest team in the league at the moment, the scorching Utah Jazz and their run. And we might also mention the MVP ladder, I guess, when we're talking MVP'd. I hate Uh, that nickname. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not 
depending on the color of the injured player on either team. Decker's going to the penalty. Oh, he falls down. A clear path to the basket and slipped and fell, much to the delight of the Garden Crowd. Harden lost the basketball. Going to the basket, and it's going to give Westbrook an easy back. Oh, no! He missed it. Here's Curry off the steal. And oh, look out! for three. That could be a slippery. They don't like to hear the fans yeah, cheering. I'm, I'm surprised by that, and, and the players are telling him not to be doing that. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I am joined by a guy who didn't throw... What was... Uh, they said the food, didn't they? Or did they or not? Was it a sandwich or? Uh, I don't actually remember reading what food it was. I knew I was going to get like tripped up over myself when I got to this point and I still didn't, you know, make sure that I wrote it down. But I thought that they... Nah, they've just it. said he's throwing food. No specifics. Uh, he looks like that type of guy. The only, the one memory I have of Kevin Porter Jr. Um, is that when the Sixers last season were beating the Cavs uh, by, we were up by 40 and he dunked on one of our bench players or something like that. And then did a big flex. And then our, I guess you can say color commentator, Ala Abdenabi, he's like, bro, you're down a million. <laughs> um, that's all I have of Kevin Porter Jr. But anyway, <laughs> you are not him. You don't throw food. How are you, JL? Um, very well, very well. After any introduction like that, um, now all things, all things going swimmingly. Jason Tatum's back in the uh, Celtic starting lineup, so everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> and he scored a a very smooth. Was it twenty four points, five assists? Yeah, I think it was, think it was twenty four. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he just slotted back in comfortably. No real ill effects of uh, the old coronavirus. Yeah, and I won't give you too much crap, but we will mention soon that. The Sixers beat the Celtics twice in the last week. It was. Did beautiful. you beat the Celtics or did you beat the uh, <laughs> what, the what the main what is it the the main Red Claws? I think is what their uh, the G League name is. Oh right, okay. Is it really? I think it's the main Red Claws. Oh wow, I didn't realize. So is Maine Maine's its own state, whereas you guys are in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, yeah. Massachusetts. Yep, yeah. but they're near each other. Yeah, Maine's just uh, further north. Well, we'll get on to our fighting about the Celtic Sixers later. <laughs> um, there was a guy named Wardell Stephen Curry who was called by his first name in that press conference. You see that? And he's, he sees That was back. fantastic. That threw him off completely. And he just gave him a big, uh, uh. Anyway, Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, Passed Reggie Miller for second on the all-time three-point list the other day against the Jazz. It was against the Jazz, like two days ago. Yeah, they were down like thirty or whatever it was. Yeah, and he uh, sort of took the took the buzz out of it. Yeah, that sucked. Um, but Reggie, I believe, I, I believe Reggie took a lot longer. JL to <laughs> yeah, just uh, I mean it shows. A, how good Curry is, but B, just how the league's transcending into, you know, three-point shooting. Um, I saw a stat that popped up the other day that it took Reggie Miller 1,389 games to hit 
2,563s, whereas Steph hit the same same amount of threes in only 715 games. Um, just just goes to show how phenomenal he is. I think just I think you'll agree as well, and I think everyone would agree he's without a doubt the best shooter of all time. He is definitely. I and agree. some people would throw like. Clay Thompson into the mix and Clay is definitely up there, but Curry's just ability to shoot off balance threes, contested threes. All of them. Yep. He's just a level above. So hopefully it's not too long before he takes that record for the the most number of three point makes of all time. He's not too far behind Ray Allen. I remember the actual I remember when Ray Allen passed Reggie Miller. That wasn't all I mean, that was probably twenty twelve, I reckon, maybe. Yep. Um maybe yeah, I reckon 20, it was probably his last year in Boston, maybe the year before that. But it was against the Lakers. Um, it was on TNT. Both teams were wearing their retro jerseys, which obviously for the Lakers and Celtics hadn't changed all that much. But Reggie Miller was commentating. Uh, the Celtics called a timeout. Rowland got a standing ovation, went over and uh, had a handshake and hug from Reggie Miller. And that was such a huge moment. Yeah. And it, I at the time, I was like, you know, and I'd just sort of gotten into basketball anyway, but I couldn't believe how much of an achievement that was. I was like, this is going to stand forever. We're not going to see another shooter like this. And Curry was in the league at the time and he was just a, a good young shooter. And here we are a few years later where there's going to be so many players so quickly passing Ray Allen's record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it off air. Like it is sad that, you know, so we're probably definitely going to see Steph Curry pass Ray Allen. Ray Allen's at 2973, I believe it is, all time made threes, which is the top. And Steph has got pretty much 400 to catch that, um, which he'll do because the, yeah. the rate he puts him up. But as you said to me off air, the way the league has shooting more and more threes and the records for threes taken in a game by teams goes up every year. Um, you'd think that, unfortunately, maybe if Steph is the best shooter of all time, he won't even end up with the most threes ever made. Well, I saw a stat the other day, and it was like the fastest players to 600 career-made threes. And Lillard has the fastest, or had. I think Donovan Mitchell just took over from the, as the fastest. Yeah. Lillard was second, and then third was Buddy Heald. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Steph, then it was Steph and Clay, and it's like, if Buddy Heald, and I don't want to disrespect Buddy Heald, but I'm going to, mm. if he's already at that point, you know, yeah. there's going to be so many more players that are better shooters than he is and higher volume than him. It's just volume. It's just going to completely push Ray Allen down the list, Steph Curry down the list eventually. And unfortunately, new, you know, as people, kids grow up, they're not going to totally understand unless it's explained to them. By us, you know, we're going to be old heads. Are we old heads yet? We're 25 this year, mate. We are getting there. <laughs> um, but it's not like you can sort of, because you can say that, you know, even though Danny Green's won three championships of three different teams and that, who's that other guy that has? But LeBron's won three finals MVPs with three different teams. That's yeah. sort of your just easy way to be like, okay, that's that's how you say it. But you, there's no even way. If Buddy Heald ends up as the most threes of all time, the kids are going to be like, oh, I've got to look up Buddy Heald. This is a tr it's a cool thing to like Buddy Heald. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, thank, thank God Buddy's already like 27, so he's not going to be around that much longer. 
he has got the biggest front teeth smile you'll ever see in your life, Buddy Healed. In in a good way. On your budwa. He's good. I like him. <laughs> I just like talking shit about him. I just don't like Luke, Wal- Luke Walton. All right. <laughs> bring back Dave Yeager. <laughs> don't bring him back. He's on the Sixers staff. Big fan of the show. <laughs> Big fan. Okay. The old Yeager bomb. <laughs> Is that actually a nickname? Because that should be if it's not. It, it must be. It Anyone must be. with the last name Yeager. Kevin Porter Jr., the guy... See, when you think of the Cavs and you think of Colin... When you think of the Cavs, there's a new era that just started. And I'm going to say it's, you know, like BC, AD, you know, if you know your... Say the word for me, Catholicism. Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. The date that the Cavs stopped being the Pistons was when they beat the... uh, Nets big three. Today, the Cavs took the Lakers to LeBron having a 46-point game. The Cavs are something. And when I mean something, I don't think they'll make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but I mean that please continue this excitement and don't hire Luke Walton because we're going to start liking the Cavs, I have a feeling. I agree. I think – and I – I don't think I said it on the show, but I was talking to someone recently and I was like, I'm big on Sexton and Gartland. I think those two, they started the year well. And I was like, and they've, you know, they're not that far out of it. You know, they, it was, it was just after they acquired Jared Allen. I was like, they've got a young center Mm. now that's showing. And I was like, they've got a wing. What's his name? And I was like, it doesn't really matter. And I was thinking about Kevin Porter Jr. Because last year he showed some talent, you know, 10, three and two as your third, fourth option as a rookie, maybe fifth option. That's you, you take that. Yeah. And then a year later, <laughs> it's uh, a different story. I think un- unless I'm totally mistaken, I believe he also had some off court um, issues in college. Yeah. That I haven't uh, noted down, but <laughs> I've read, I've read them as well. I don't know the full scope of them, but by all means, he's a bit of a psycho. What I was- that, That's the only way to put it. What I was going to get to before was that we started the new era, but pre-Nets win, pre-Nets takedown, Cavs. When you thought of the Cavs, you thought of um, you, obviously the stupid bigs and Sexton with the, these younger players these days all have the similar Goku hair. Sexton and Garland and... Kevin Porter Jr. And Kevin Porter Jr. was always the guy and he like owns it as well with the, with the Superman. Oh, that's, that's actually, that's a terrible with the like Goku fringe drop. Is there even a word for that? Um, Darren Fox pulled it off as well. I know what you're talking about. Um, And yeah, he's always that one. And I personally thought that while he did show talent, I preferred to get more excited about Sexton and Garland. And I yeah. think that's obviously just, you know, naturally developed within itself, obviously with personalities. And we've ended up with Kevin Porter Jr. being unhappy because the Harden trade resulted in Torian Prince coming to the Cavs and Tor- they gave uh, Torian Prince Kevin Porter Jr.'s locker and Kevin Porter Jr., um, responded by throwing food at one of the assistant coaches. <laughs> so after apparently he was screaming at the entire team as well, yeah, and the staff members. 
So went out guns are blazing. That's and just... he was arrested for gun charges as well earlier or late last year. There you go. So he's just been up to a bit of mischief, old Kevin. So the Rockets, who this is just like bold and the beautiful, how you know Torian Prince comes from the Nets because of Harden coming from the Rockets. The Rockets get involved and they want to gamble on their future. So they picked up uh, Kevin Porter Jr. for a protected second round pick. I didn't even know protected second round picks happen. It'd be like top 55 protected. (laughs) And I've seen them before. It's literally nothing. So he essentially got traded for a bag of chips, which is the way I made the graphic on the Bronx Sheer basketball socials. I put a bag of Doritos is what the Cavs got. A uh, second round pick and a bag of chips. It was, okay, it, I just can't believe that he's the third best Porter Junior in the league. <laughs> like <laughs> that sucks. How many Porter Juniors have there been before? Who's you know, the, the last few who, years? Who's the second one? Otto. Oh, Otto. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Porter Junior, Otto Porter Junior, and Kevin Porter Junior, and they're not related. Oh, she Otto's a funny. Well, of course, name. they're not related. They can't. They can't all be juniors, but God, yeah, he's, <laughs> Otto can he's gone his whole this. life being the best Porter junior that he knows. And now all of a sudden he's bouncing around the league. He'll be out of the league soon if nothing changes. And yeah. Yeah. I'd be angry as well. So are we going to talk sixes and MVP first or jazz first? What do you reckon? Well, I know you're not, uh, you're not one to, delay something you love so much you just go straight into it so just start the sixes talk now and i'll tune out for five minutes all right let's do it well first off i just want to say and sorry to all our uh underage listeners but fuck you and fuck the celtics i hate the celtics with all my being and i also <laughs> i also hate the lakers which i'll soon preview the Sixers lakers coming up in a couple of days joel and bead is the number one front runner for the MVP this season. And I'm not, I swear to God, I'm not being biased, but he is the way I don't even like awards, right? I hate awards. You, you always talk shit about them until they're relevant to Philly. No, no, no. I hate awards <laughs> and I still hate them because I think most sports suffer from not having some form of a best player in the league regardless of how their season was. You know what I'm saying? Because it, yeah. ju- it just needs to be more than we just acknowledge that LeBron's the best in the league or the rankings. We just acknowledge them uh, via ESPN power rankings. LeBron should get a some, some award every year for being the best player in the league. However, the way the NBA MVP is awarded is it goes to the best player on pretty much the best team, or you've got to be near the top three or top four. three, four seed. Yeah. Yeah. The Sixers are currently sitting on the top of the East, unless our, unless our sort of um, loss today dropped us down. But in general, we are leading the East. Joel Embiid is actually only in his fourth full season. He fist, he fist, he missed his first two seasons due to injury. Then in his first season coming in, he only played 30 games because whatever, and they barely played him. They never played him like clutch minutes because they were so scared of getting injured. In his first season, 17-18, the Sixers won 63 damn games. 
because they were surrounded by shooters, right? I know that didn't go anywhere, but that was his first AM season and Ben just totally went from like going crazy to Brad Stevens. <laughs> in his second season, in his second full season, like this is this is how crazy it is. And I hate, I've always hated that people underrate Embiid, but now the time is, the time is now, JL. And I hope you're tuning back into me talking. Do you know? Did you say something? Do you know when his <laughs> second full season was? It was literally that 2019 season that the Raptors um, won yeah. the championship. And if you tell people that, I think a lot of people actually need that slap in the face that his second full season, we took the championship Raptors, you know, barring Golden State crap, to their best series. Not the Bucks. It was us. We took them to that bounces on the rim buzzer beater by Kawhi Leonard. And in that season, it was so clear that Jimmy Butler was the guy. Last season, we went out, got rid of Jimmy Butler, his best mate, and JJ Redick, his best complimentary piece. And we picked up Josh Richardson, who is not a good fit for us. Al Horford, who is the most counterproductive fit for us ever. And we paid Tobias Harris five years, 180 million crap. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, some shit like that. Maybe it was more. Maybe it's 280 million, whatever the shit is. No, 100. I don't know. We paid Tobias Harris the max. And therefore, if Tobias Harris is not going to have Doc Rivers to just somehow turn him into an all-star because he plays like an all-star under Doc Rivers, then he plays shit. So last season, Embiid's paint was crowded and he had no complimentary pieces pretty much. Blah, blah. You get the point of what last season was. And now, what do you know? 56% from three, Seth Curry arrives. Danny Green, who is slow as a snail, but stands and has to be respected in the corner, arrives. And Doc Rivers arrives. And I'll give Doc all his money for just turning Tobias Harris back into 45% from three, Tobias Harris, because that's what's happening. 45% from three, Tobias Harris. Some people, like myself, don't believe that you can actually go one and four out. You know what I mean? Like one and really, f- yeah. I I think that you it's better to have you definitely can. Well, anyway, I think it's very nice to have someone there to help you in the paint. Yeah, and even if you want to just say that it works. Yes, we still need a creator, and I still think that'll take us to being a serious, serious championship favorite. But in terms of talking about Joel Embiid, I just want to say to everyone, I will admit his conditioning has gotten a, a, a bit better over since the last couple of seasons. You can tell he's lighter on his feet. However, this is nothing new. It's just that he finally has a competent GM who surrounded him with competent shooters. And you should see, forget Tatum Celticless games, Celtic Tatumless games. You should see us kill all these teams because Embiid can't be contained, mate. Oh my god. Embiid can't be contained. <laughs> And you, oh message, boy. You, you message me about how, you know, during the games, oh, you know, so many calls. You can't, This guy is a 90 center in a shooter's league. What do you expect when Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson are your answer for Embiid? He's, <laughs> he's not only too big and great, great footwork, he's too wide. He's too 
strong. No wonder he gets oh, fouled a million times. And also, sorry, yes, he knows how to draw the fouls as per Harden. He is the front runner, and I just don't think there's any slowing down. I think he's going to win it. And I, I wish I had pen and paper and was writing down everything write it, you were saying here. Write it all uh, I cannot wait to see <laughs> this all come crumbling down as it always does. Now, first of all, you started by saying "fuck you" to me and the Celtics. Yes, yes, very. You much. want to trade some meaningless, <laughs> some meaningless <laughs> regular season games in a back-to-back in <laughs> Philly without Boston's best player when we've beaten you twice in the playoffs, convincingly, quite recently. So, as far as I'm concerned, until I see you guys do anything in the playoffs, I'm not worried. The fact that Boston even kept those games close without Tatum, a 27 points per game scorer, says more about Boston being more competitive than Philly, if you know what I mean. The fact that you couldn't blow us out with a full strength roster with Mr. 56% from three, Steph, uh, Seth Curry. He only, came in, reg- he only came in for the second one of those games. He's going to regress back to the mean shortly. There's no way he's going to keep this up. Tobias Harris, we've seen he's not that good of a player. <sighs> we've seen that time and time again. He's had one good, se- one, one half good season when he was with LA, and now a good start to this season. He's that's not it's not sustainable shooting forty five percent from three. We know what happened. You said Embiid's conditioning hasn't improved. That's the only thing that has improved, I think, for him. No, I said it, it. I said it has. You said it has slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Boston's literal game plan. It's always been make him tired and he does nothing in the fourth quarter. So in as far as I'm concerned, that's the only reason he's improved is that he can run out games now. You and surely think- can see, even just by watching those two games, and there's no secret to why he's just dominating every game this season, you can surely see that it's because of the shooters. Oh, he's got more space, but his conditioning is the main... I think that's the biggest part. Yeah, but he he's not like he does. So if you actually, it's unbelievable if you go look at videos of his um, his half first season and then his first full season, he's ridiculously more skinny. So he hasn't gone and dro- dropped a ton of weight. It's just that he's sort of kept his build. It doesn't even look like he's lost weight, but he just somehow is lighter on his feet. Something's happened. He's, just, he's worked his, uh, his aerobic capacity's improved, I think. And, and, and not only is he happier, but he's um, not, and his assist numbers haven't gone up because there's a lot of hockey assists, you know, pass out, then it gets kicked around. But he's more, he even said himself, this season, he's more willing to pass out of the double team because he's, he knows Danny Green, Tobias, and Seth are all standing there. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I just cannot wait for the regression to the mean. He's shooting 40% from three, which you know isn't sustainable as well. No, but he's also picking them. He's also picking and choosing instead of just shooting He's shooting 59% from the field, or from two, sorry. I just think eventually he's going to come back a little bit. And he's had a great start. But if we're going to talk about MVP, you've got to look at the full season. And it's way too early to be like, Philly's a top three seed. They're going to win it. Oh, Embiid's going to win it. Whereas my pick for MVP so far has been Jokic. (laughs) Convincingly Jokic. (laughs) And they're only a game and a half out of third seed. Off memory. Anyway, I haven't checked that today. 
if they start winning, which I reckon they will, Jokic, the points, the, there's 1.9 1, 1. points per game different at the moment. Embiid's got that. Jokic is out-rebounding him, but he's averaging seven more assists per game. So that, at minimum, that's an extra 14 points per game created. You can't deny that Jokic is being more influential on the court so far this season. I can. Yes, I can. I so can. Do you want me to say more that you would, you know, in a hypothetical world, write down, or do you want me to hold? Because I always hold my MB, MB thoughts because everyone just loves Jokic. <laughs> Jokic is just, I can say more or I can hold it to MVP, uh, MVP'd, wins the trophy this season. Can I just ask you something, though, on this debate, right, yeah. before we continue with the MVP stuff? Is if if MV if, if MVP'd, I just keep going to that. If Embiid wins the MVP this season, if obviously he would have earned it, you know, we're talking in six months' time. Mm-hmm. If he wins the MVP and they both knock uh finish in the same round of the playoffs, uh the Nuggets and the Sixers. Yeah. Yes, awards are bullshit, but he would have earned it by having a continually amazing season like he has at the start. Surely you and everyone says that Embiid is the best center in the league because he is. If they're having the same, if, if he wins MVP and he proves it for a full year, then yeah, sure. Okay, but he hasn't good. done that yet. He will. But if so, NBA math tweeted recently and they're great for just all these little tidbits. But if you, so the, Big helicopter plane going over. I don't know if that's getting through the mic. But <laughs> if we're looking at offensive points added in the NBA at the moment, uh, Nikola Jokic is number one <laughs> by a comfortable margin. He's about 20 points more than any other player in the league right now. And if we're looking at defensive points saved, he's third behind Simmons, Turner. And then it's him. Embiid's added about 60 points and saved about 15. And that's what the graph showing me right now. Jokic's influence on a basketball game is just so much greater than Embiid's. Without a doubt. <sighs> and I, I, as long as that team record starts building, which I think it will, it's his MVP to win. But as of right now, you know that Embiid's the, if, if it stopped today, which it doesn't, and you can jump in and say it doesn't. Embiid, After 12 games or whatever it is. Embiid, you would give it to Embiid, surely. I would give it to Jokic. No, get the fuck out. I'll give it to Jokic. They're nine and seven, the Nuggets. That's all right. In a stacked West. Oh, my God. Anyway. I'm still going for it. Everyone can keep just... I don't. I actually don't know. I don't know if it's because he just spent so much time on Twitter in the early years, but everyone can keep trying to pick on Embiid and just trying to underrate him. But as I said, this is no surprise. This is always coming and all he ever needed was a complimentary team around him. And in my opinion, and we'll see when it comes down to it in their careers, when they finish up their careers. Do you know why MJ is so talked about as so great? Because of his scoring and his defense. Embiid is a 10 times better scorer and defender than Jokic. He's not a better scorer. <laughs> he is a better scorer. Oh my God. He is a better scorer. On Where's the bullshit? Where's the MVP ladder this season? Um, Jokic is playing 30. All right, we're on the 
just under 36 minutes a game. Embiid's playing 32 minutes a game. That's four minutes a game. And Jokic, oh, ball in the hands uh, affects so much shit, is scoring two points less than Embiid. <laughs> uh, with, I've seen him, with I've seen him do minutes. it in the playoffs where it matters most, not getting swept. <laughs> I've... I think he's a better scorer. If it, he's the most clutch player in the NBA, he's got the highest highest field goal percentage in the clutch in the NBA over the last three seasons. If I need someone to score the ball, I'm going to him. If he had the same role in Philly as Embiid did, he'd be averaging more points per game than Embiid. No doubt in my mind. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the end of the season. I'm definitely marking this. I'm gonna like put like this podcast. And all the ones where we keep having the same argument, I'm gonna make it like huge on my in my files. <laughs> I just, I just so sick of it. Embiid, ISO scoring and scoring and defense come before playmaking in the playoffs, and we'll see that. We'll see. We'll see. We're, more so when their careers end. Right now, Tobias Harris's money that he's earning and Ben Simmons being our second best player is always going to hurt Embiid and he's very loyal to Philly so far. <laughs> but I really hope he, if they were to both get the paths that they deserve, Jokic and Embiid, you'd all see. <laughs> you all, oh. you motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. Well, just quickly on the Sixers as well. If anyone wants to know why they're doing great, it's because of everything I just mentioned. Embiid is carrying the team. We lost to the worst team in the league today, the Detroit Pistons. You know why? The because Pistons are weirdly good for the worst team in the league. They're, they're, they beat the Celtics. They beat the Sixers. They beat the Suns. And who was the fourth one? It was another playoff team. I don't know. Their four wins have all come against playoff teams. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think Jeremy Grant's a nice piece, and I don't know. But anyway, the Sixers are 0-4, and, and it's the same story as all the other seasons. Excuse me. Um, Embiid, and this is how good Embiid is. We're 12-2 and with Embiid, and those two games that he played were... One was in Atlanta where he played something like 23 minutes because we had something like, including him, something like eight players. And I actually can't remember what the other one was, but essentially he's the best. <laughs> the Sixers are doing so well because the game plan that we're like, we're like top four in defensive rating in the league. Um, and, you know, Embiid's down low and Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris are hitting their shots out, outside. Uh, Shake Milton started off clearly one of the top favorite candidates for six man of the year. He's since slowed down a little bit, but the Sixers, for the first time in a couple of years, everything is just flowing well. And so I'm so excited. It's Sixers Lakers in a couple of days. I don't hate the Lakers more than I hate the Celtics, but I do hate the Lakers a lot. Maybe I do. <laughs> Maybe I do. Um, so everyone should be excited about the Sixers and you watch the second half of the season fixture come out and we get so many more national TV games than, um, <laughs> did you just post this stupid picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to look at it. So we'll move on. JL. We refuses to look at any stats. We took, we, we looked a long time. All right. <laughs> 
the Utah Jazz are absolutely flying. They are. I think everyone that follows the NBA seriously has some teams that they sort of, you know, you just sort of hope they do well. You know, you like the way they go. Quinn Snyder's Jazz era. I have just always been so sad that the Jazz, I keep saying, yeah, the Jazz, the Jazz will be what the Nuggets are doing. You know, the Jazz will be exactly that. Make the conference finals, for example. And I've said it a few times on the pod. I hope they do one year. This is only an eight-game win streak in the first quarter of the season. However, they have the pieces to do some good stuff. Steve Kerr, after the Jazz beat the Warriors the other day, quote, said, they are where we were three or four years ago. Three or four years ago, the Golden State Warriors were, you know, best team ever bullshit. That's a big call from Steve Kerr. Not that... Not that that means anything in terms of no, it means absolutely meaningless. But it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to wake up the NBA fandom and to have a good look because these teams up in that um, northwest region, then they can get a bit overlooked. The Nuggets and the Jazz and and all that. I'm very happy for the Jazz. Have you uh, have you caught much of them? I've seen a few games here and there. Um, not as much as I would have liked. Um, doesn't help working all day, every day. But what I have seen, is it's kind of what almost we expected. Because last year they were flying and then they missed uh, Bojan Bogdanovic for the bubble, if I remember correctly. And that sort of was a big hindrance for their season because he was a, I don't know what he averaged with them last year, but he, before we got to Utah, he was like a 20 points per game scorer. Um. So having him back in the lineup this season, you know, going at 14 points per game, being able to shoot 38% from three or whatever he is, just increases their ability to stretch the floor. Um, Joe Ingles in the same sort of boat, chucking in 10, 10 points a game. So I've got to give him a shout out. But shooting 42% from three, Jordan Clarkson shooting 40%, Mike Conley shooting 42%, Royce O'Neill shooting 46%, Donovan Mitchell shooting 40%. They're all just hitting the three ball right now. And I think they've, I think they've put the roster together to do that. Just, and it's almost, it's not really what you said before about having four out and one in the middle because Gobert's not that offensive threat that, you know, yeah. prime Dwight Howard was with the 09 Magic. But they've just got guys that are all good creators, no exceptional creators. They're not having Chris Paul out there or anything like that, but they can all shoot and they can all create. Yeah. The other thing that, you know, you just look at them and you look down the assist column and they've got two guys averaging five assists, like four guys averaging three assists about. And they're just playing this. And it's the way Quinn Snyder has tried to play for the last few years. They're just all moving the ball really well. And I think it's about time it's finally started to click. And Quinn Snyder has always enforced a very defensive savvy team. They're mm-hmm. third in defensive rating. They've beaten teams in this eight-game win streak, such as the Nuggets in Denver with the high altitude. You know, that's got to be investigated. That's why Jokic has the advantage sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> They've beaten the Bucks in Milwaukee. They not in the win streak, but they have beaten the Clippers as well. They and yeah, they've been on an eight-game win streak. That says enough for itself. They um they're flying. And as you said, but I think a real important thing is that Mike Conley, who they're paying 30 plus million a year, 
who they brought in at the start of last season. Last season, he was, he didn't make a shot. Was it a shot or a three? One of those. I reckon it could have been a shot. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't make a shot. Definitely the whole of his first game, a field goal. Um, maybe it was the second game, third game, but he just in general was crap the whole year. Yeah. Um, not worth the 30 million. Bogdanovich wasn't there for the playoffs. But now Mike Conley is playing like Mike Conley. And he's yeah. he, he's just simply making the buckets. He's shooting a career high from three. It's definitely career high, 42% on nearly seven attempts. And he's also, even his, what did I see before? Even his just field goal percentage or his. Yeah, it's career high for field goal percentage as well. Yeah. And he's at uh, two point. Two-point percentage is even 51%. All career highs for Conley, not to mention, as he said, six assists per game, getting up to his near career high for that. Mike Conley's playing like Mike Conley. And then yeah. you've got Donovan Mitchell, who was, who's one of the up-and-coming stars of the the um, the NBA. He He's shooting 40% this season, and his numbers in the eight-game win streak have been, been even better. Something like 26 points or seven points per game in the win streak, but he's doing 24 on the season. He's shooting – the only thing that's really gone up in terms of his usage is uh, three-point attempts, and it's he's shooting nearly seven attempts at 40%, which I think I just mentioned. Um, but things – He's flying. Things aren't even really going that much up in usage rate for Donovan. It's just, as you said, the whole team, like before Bogdanovich got there, Ingles are starting and being the Bogdanovich. But it's such a luxury to have Ingles, 42% from three, coming off the bench while you've got, um, is it Brogdan or Bogdan? (laughs) Bojan, Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan. So I really hope this keeps up. They are 12 and four, which is one game back of the Lakers record, but they haven't played two games that the Lakers have played. So the Lakers are on 14 and four. They could be that record if they win their two in hand. The Clippers are also on a seven game win streak, but you know, we'll, we don't talk about the Clippers. No, we don't like the Clippers. <laughs> what have you, what are your thoughts been on their whole uh, Shaq and Donovan Mitchell beef? Well, I think like everyone, it just, you know, there comes a point and maybe the producer, I don't know, everyone's talking about it. So that may be a win. And I know they're an award-winning show and most people enjoy them, but that part is, I think they might, you know, tell Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley to sort of cool that a bit, the whole give well, you. Chuck's been fine. Shaq's just, oh. Mm, Shaq always. I, just, I hate so much in any sport when old heads start going on about how, oh, it was better in my time. Yeah. And it happens every, it's, it's such a perfect cycle where a player hits their peak, slowly comes down from it, sees guys get better than them. Then they retire. They talk about how good the guys that overtook them are. But as soon as those guys then become out of the league, then everything's like, nah, it was better in my day. We wouldn't lose to these guys. Yeah. Shaq is all Um, about, yeah. Oh, and like the fact that, and Shaq is so insecure and I don't know why he's got like one of the best basketball resumes of all time. But the fact that he uploaded a photo on Instagram of him dunking on Rudy Gobert <laughs> and then someone jokingly made a Donovan Mitchell dunking on Shaq Instagram post and Shaq messages the guy on Instagram being like, delete this, you fool, blah, 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 talking shit. 
and trying to challenge him to a game of one-on-one saying, I'll beat your ass. It's like, <laughs> he's lost <laughs> for words at how a guy worth half a billion dollars yeah. before NBA championship rings can just be like so yeah. worried about a team based in Utah and what, you know, how he always just talks shit about Rudy Gobert earning more than Shaq did in his entire career, I'm pretty sure, for his upcoming contract. Yeah. Averaging 12 points per game. And it's like, it's just a different world. And Shaq's just, yeah, he's, he's always, turning down that path. I mean, especially because of how similar they are. Yeah. Embiid and Shaq. Embiid's uh, Shaq and even Barkley. But as you're saying, um, Shaquille O'Neal is always on Embiid's back on the show trying to say, you know, you should be averaging this and that. And yeah. it, it does. It gets old and it gets annoying. And it's it, it's sometimes you have to ask yourself, where does it take the sort of conversation? What are they going to say? You know, oh, thanks, coach. You know, um, yeah. like many people have responded on social media, you know, these, these pros, I think KD might have said it. Uh, KD these, and LeBron both popped up. Yeah. These, these pros have got like what? 10 plus coaches talking in their ear, telling them you got to do better, blah, blah. You got it. This is what you got to do. They don't really give one shit about what Shaq has to say. say. No. Um, so no, nah. there was a good, good thing came out today. I can't remember where it was on. Maybe the Zach Lowe podcast. And so whoever was the guest on the show was like, I'm surprised Shaq's doing this because when he was young in the league, Bill Walton was talking shit about Shaq being like, you're no good, you're not winning. And apparently Shaq took that to heart and was genuinely upset by it at the time. Yeah. And you would think you would learn from that and be like, you know what? Unless Shaq's trying to be like, I'm going to make him into a better player. But it just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Like, like, I just it, don't get it. Like, if you want, like, I'm, I'm always the type to just, more so not really reach out, I guess, or say something. But if he's going to, why does it have to be on national television? <laughs> you know, that's, it's just grow up in a way, you know. I mean, just in terms of like old heads just talking shit, we always hear how the 90s was the best time for basketball and how, you know, it was physically tough and doing the better players and like the players these days couldn't handle it. And LeBron would be no good in the 90s. I hear that all the time. But I saw a good quote from Wilt Chamberlain in the, in the 90s. And he was like, oh, I think this basketball was weak. And was, when I was playing, you know, we worked so much harder and way more skillful and it wasn't based on athleticism. It was, you know, we put in the effort, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why do people get so defensive about their generation? Yeah. <laughs> like surely as, as a general rule, and I think this with every sport, I think the league gets better every year pretty much. Yeah. I, I think the best players of each generation are at quite a similar level, but the worst players get better every year, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the league now would dominate teams from yeah. not that like, long ago. We don't have to get into it too much, but I uh, totally agree. Whenever, whatever sport, as you say, whatever sport, I'll always, I haven't, I don't weigh into too many goat debates in all sports, but one thing I do say is that just for example, who you're taking, like Jalen Brown? <laughs> who you're taking against? So let's just go, just for example, like LeBron. Is LeBron against the twenty million dollar defenders of today, or LeBron against the guys who had to have an actual day job? You know, 
The milkman and the plumbers. Yeah, the milkman and the plumbers. And that's just one quick example of what I always sort of bring up. And I don't even say my opinion or I don't even think too much about it. I just think that these guys have got nutritionists, dietitians, physiologists, you know, sports scientists. Craft- they're, they're not They're not playing in Converse All-Stars. <laughs> yeah, crafting their every move, watching their sleeping patterns, all this shit. So you just got to... Yeah, you gotta at least at least accept that the money and the science is always advancing in terms of yeah. in terms of forward in time. But yeah, so just to clarify for anyone who actually hadn't heard the or seen the Shaq and Donovan and Mitchell thing, the the Jazz had just beaten the was it the Warriors? No, I was okay. gonna say the Bucks off memory. Not sure, but maybe um, it doesn't really matter who it was. They just won on and on TNT. Uh, Shaq says he starts like saying to to Mitchell, "Hey Donovan, uh, I was just saying before that I I don't believe that you're good enough to take the next level." And he he just sort of didn't even finish, and and then he sort of yeah, well, yeah. and then Mitchell's like, "All right, all right, Shaq, <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> what do you want me to say?" So. That was the awkward as ugly moment of um, that TNT broadcast. JL, I think we've Nathan. gone for long enough. I, won't... I think so. In a very uh, underwhelming week. That's right. I w- we're going to get back into some games starting next week. I won't hit you with a random food debate today. <laughs> I thought we we're going to do some uh, curry versus soup. What's easy to throw? <laughs> the viscosity of curry would make it a bit easy to get a bit of purchase on a throw, I reckon. But uh, maybe soup's more aerodynamic. But we did hit a, it. was our one year birthday on what day was it? It was the, well, so it's the 23rd. The 23rd, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so, Saturday. yeah. So three days ago or whatever. Thank you. All- I, still haven't, I still haven't got a present. Oh. I thought you were going to get me a little anniversary present, but I'll I'll get you one. I'll I'll get you a slab of Guinness or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who supported us along this way. It's just the beginning. Uh, it's been a great ride so far, and we're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and expanding onto different things and more fun. JL, nice. Uh, you know, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You, you keep up with the Bronx Shoe Basketball and any of those? I don't really use any socials except for Twitter. So okay. all right, well, my, you, that's you, my excuse to not liking all your posts. You can see JL uh, sometimes liking or retweeting the posts of the Bronx on Twitter. Check us out there, Instagram, Facebook. Also subscribe wherever you are, YouTube. Recommend the show to a friend. You know, they always love hearing about a couple of... Uh, I showed grandma. Yeah? What she... I showed her our... I, show, I showed her our... Uh, sorry. I showed her our faces on YouTube and she couldn't believe it. She... <laughs> Did you put it on we... like a TV or something as well? No. Nah, so we uh, just during lockdown, we got her an iPad because she couldn't go to mass. And oh. uh, we we're getting getting mass on, on YouTube for us. I told her how to use that. Um, she's picked it up pretty well for an 87 year old woman. Um, but yeah, I typed in the Bronx here and she couldn't believe it. She thought I was famous, but I think the, the video had two views. <laughs> I think she was the third. Oh, well, I'm sure she's going to be one of our biggest fans. Good old grandma. Shout out to the S. Um, and also, yeah, just stay tuned and we'll, uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, JL. My pleasure. We'll see you soon.